is the world of bonds. It's Thursday, the 31st of March, 2022. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. This is the last episode in season six of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds. And like all good season enders, we leave on a cliffhanger in bond markets. We go out with 10% inflation rates, a real possibility in the United States and the UK at least. And yesterday, German year-on-year CPI came in at 7.3%, beating all expectations. And someone pointed out the last time we saw German inflation at this level, it was all the way back in 1981. And the Bundesbank in charge at the time of interest rates was setting interest rates at, wait for it, 11.4%. So ECB at the moment at zero, you can see what a difference uh, uh, 40 or so years makes. We now have eight interest rate hikes, eight more interest rate hikes priced in for the remainder of 2022 from the Fed. And the Fed has turned extremely hawkish, you know, all the rhetoric this week and last week, whether it's from uh, Powell or or other board members, has been endorsing 50 basis point hikes uh, pretty much at, you know, the next four meetings um, from the Fed. And I think we can almost see this as a bit of a a Paul Volcker moment uh, where the Fed has decided at any cost to the economy to get inflation down. The problem being, of course, that this is not inflation driven by animal spirits. It's not inflation driven by excess consumption, high levels of demand. And maybe you could argue that under Paul Volcker, it it wasn't either. Um, Under Volcker, again, there was an oil oil shock at the end of the 1980s and uh, sorry, 1970s and one earlier in the decade that people argue is the reason that we have high inflation there. But having said all of that, you know, this isn't about animal spirits, it's about oil, again, it's about supply disruptions, it's about cost of fertilisers, it's about war and it's about Covid. And no central banker yet has explained what they really think the transmission mechanism is uh, between them hiking interest rates and inflation falling. How is it going to work? Um, But I then put myself in their shoes and, you know, given the situation of interest rates, Uh, being still near record lows. Um, How do you explain inflation at 10% without uh, recourse to uh, a rate hike in this situation? So earlier this week, I think the other cliffhanger really is around the shape of the yield curve, the dreaded yield curve inversion that we've all been waiting for. Remember that two-year, 10-year US Treasury yield curve is what people have got their eye on. And It kind of happened this week, so a couple of days ago, um, we had a very, very tiny, allegedly, we had a very, very tiny inversion of the yield curve, looking at kind of market quotes on screens, allegedly twos, tens inverted by a fraction of a basis point. And, um, you know, whether we've actually seen the twos, tens curve trade at those levels is another matter. And does it count, you know, because the, the charts that people look at will be close of business levels anyway. So, so I'm saying we don't count what happened this week. We look for it. We wait for a close of business official uh, mark of an inversion. And at the moment, we're still five basis points away from that. So two year US Treasury bond yields are at 2.28 and the 10 years is at 2.33%. So close, but no cigar, but, you know, it it looks like it's going to happen at some stage. Uh, Lots of 
this time is different quotes. It's a bit, you know, you, if you remember your Charlie Brown cartoons from when you were a kid, uh, Lucy always holds the football out for Charlie Brown and says she's definitely not going to pull it away at the last minute and leave him flying through the air and landing on his back in a, in his usual depressed state. You know, this this time she's not going to do that and she, every single time she obviously does it. Uh, there are a lot of notes out there, a lot of people explaining why, because the yields are the starting point for Fed funds is you know pretty much at zero um, because of QE. Lots of different reasons why an inversion won't mean a recession this time round. But on the other hand, um, you know you are you are betting on a very high probability uh, event historically, and you are betting that high oil prices this time don't cause a recession, and and they have done when they've hit these kind of levels every single time in the past. So obviously something to to, to take care of. Um, but I don't think there's many people arguing that the shape of the yield curve itself causes a recession. And so that, that's important to note. This is the bond market saying it thinks a recession is coming and being pretty good at forecasting that rather than saying that an inverted yield curve causes a recession. There is a mechanism where some people have claimed that it can do, and that's really around banks' profitability. So, you know, banks make more money in a steep yield curve environment. They borrow from the Fed in the sh- at the short end and they lend at the long end. And if they're borrowing at rates that are um, higher than they're lending them out in mortgage markets or uh, company loan markets, then that causes a, a shrinking of banks' profits and that causes a slowdown in the economy. But uh, I don't think that effect is big enough on its own to, to cause any, any any real danger to uh, an economy. So your Easter break reading, whilst this podcast takes its uh, usual pause, is from the San Francisco Fed. This was a research paper that came out on the 28th of March, so still pretty fresh. It's called, Why is US Inflation Higher Than in Other Countries? Now, since the first half of 2021, the US inflation rate has outpaced uh, a handful of OECD economies that it looks at developed markets. So basically most of them excluding Japan, which it strips out for, for reasons that no one understands Japan. It's looking at core inflation rates. So uh, the inflation rates it's looking at are lower than the headline that we're talking about. But nevertheless, uh, what they've found is that there has been a rise in core inflation rates, obviously, and from that bucket of OECD countries that it looked at, the Fed found that inflation over the past year or so has risen from, on a core basis, from one and a quarter to two percent. In the US, core inflation has gone from one and a quarter to about four and three quarter percent. Um, so what's the reason for that big difference? And it's looking at it, the Fed looks at real disposable income. And over the same period, it's clear that the US real disposable income rose much, much more in two significant bursts. And both these bursts were related to Biden's fiscal policies, effectively, both the passing of the CARES Act and the subsequent boost of income there in 2020 and the American Rescue Plan ARP in 2021. And so what the Fed found is that uh, they ran a model without this fiscal support and they found that US core inflation would have moved into deflation in 2021 without that fiscal support and would now be well below the OECD average for core inflation. So they reckon that there's been about a 3% boost. Most of the rise in US core inflation has been as a result of fiscal policy, not as a result of other stuff going on that's impacted other um, 
other OECD countries, which I think is, is interesting. Right, we're going to finish on credit. Just look at the year to date. Uh, widening that we've seen. So sterling credit, 38 wider year to date. Euro credit, 35. US, 28. European high yield, 71. Emerging market credit, 76. And it's been another strong week. So we're seeing a big bounce off the wides that we saw a couple of weeks ago um, in corporate bond at spreads. And that's despite a ton of issuance we've seen this week as well across all markets and some looking quite still decent value i guess so 200 basis points you can get for 10 year triple b us investment grade names um, on those new issues and you're seeing uk and european banks issue three four five year paper at similar levels of spreads 200 basis points so arguably still some value in bits of the credit market but off the wides that we saw so if you look at crossover the the kind of credit spread index of cds you know we got out to 400 basis points um you know we're now at 335 basis points so you know significantly off the wides but still wider than the kind of 300 basis points we came into 2021 in uh break-even inflation rates uh three and a half percent in the us 4.6 uk rpi they're all off their highs but um german break-even inflation rates are now hitting all-time highs so they're at 3.14 some good news on the inflation story this morning with uh, the US talking about releasing its strategic reserve of, of oil and they're saying that the word on the street is that they'll release 3 million barrels a day of oil from that reserve as a result of that oil is off around 5% today and is off from um, $130 a barrel to around about $100 a barrel since its peak earlier in March so some, some vaguely good news for the inflation outlook there. Right, that's it for this season. Uh, I was going to say goodbye to two of uh, my bond brokers, my counterparties who both retired from two different shops last night. So farewell to Denise Cleverly, who uh, worked in the corporate bond uh, market for many years and a well-earned retirement. And also Richard Morgan, um, who is a government bond uh, salesman who retired yesterday as well. Always very jealous of Richard Morgan because he saw uh, Joy Division play live, uh, which is something I never got to do. Um, so good luck in your retirements, both of you, and uh, maybe you've timed it very well. And Richard was saying that I think he joined the market in the 1980s where bond, when bond yields were in the high teens and uh, is leaving with them at around about two and a bit. So uh, a good, a good, nice career there. Have good Easter's, everyone, and I'll speak to you for season seven um, in April. Bye.